It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. In 1999, Phil Collins got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Feels like yesterday. Can you believe it was 24 years ago? Where were you the moment Phil Collins got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? That's one of those unforgettable moments like a Kennedy assassination or a great blackout of 2003 where you just never forget where you are. Uh, perhaps that was that will be one of the events that... Um, that we can characterize as a gray swan event here to tell us about that and a whole lot more is jc cole real estate developer engineer farmer former president of the american chamber of commerce in latvia someone who has had a series of very accurate and unfortunately very gloomy predictions about recent events jc it's great to talk with you again thanks for joining me on the radio uh, yes, Frank. Thank you. But um, I, I have a question for for you. Uh, do I have to pay the four thousand dollars? <laughs> <laughs> if I start charging, uh, if I start charging, JC, believe me, you are getting you're getting free complimentary premium access. I don't think my mother would pay a, a four thousand dollars to hear me pontificate. Believe me. But um, JC, you uh, first of all, let me get your take on the situation with the wildfires, because it looks like where I live in the New York area that we could be in store for some more wildfire smoke this weekend. Uh, what, what do you make of these wildfires? Do you think it's there's more than, than meets the eye here? Uh, I do. I do. <clears throat> I saw uh, some of the satellite photos <clears throat> for the stuff in Quebec and, <clears throat> and uh, you know, they just popped up so fast. That that's very suspicious. So, and, do, um, do you think it's arson or something else? Well, the challenge there is is that um, you know um, you, you 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 just won't know, and 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 when we start to guess at it, we you know can can go into rumors and stuff like this. Um, but but uh, let us just say. You know that it happened, and and unfortunately, Americans are really bad at preparing for disaster. Um, you know, and and so it was uh, somewhat predictable that they would come back, or at least the smoke would come back to the New York, New Jersey area. One of the things that we're hearing, and uh, people have speculated that might be because of climate change or something else, is that this summer could be the summer of wildfire smoke. That uh, New Yorkers and others in the Northeast, uh, even people in the Midwest and places like Minnesota, should just get used to the fact that we're going to see a lot of smoke this summer and should take uh, proper precautions. Do you see it that way? Um, I see that as a possibility. And, you know, for... for, um, 
some people um, that you know paid attention to um, uh, Russia. Uh, Russia had this. Oh my goodness, maybe 15 years ago, where there were major fires and and uh, Moscow was a disaster uh, as far as smoke. Um, you know, and uh, um, that it can greatly affect a you know um, um, a metropolis. Interesting. Interesting. Is there anything that you would suggest that people do, either individuals or local governments, to prepare when we hear there's a plume of smoke heading our way? Um, there, there are some things to do. You know, if you can, you know, you, you go for a quality um, uh, gas mask, especially if you have, um, you know, uh, breathing issues. That's one. And two is local municipalities can have a um you know a, a location um where people in emergency can get to um you know uh that that uh, possibly like a um a YMCA or something like that that uh, has ventilation and clean air so people can get in there if it gets really bad i mean you know people who have have problems the uh, you have been warning people uh, and anybody that cares to listen about the possibility of gray swan events what's a gray swan yes. <clears throat> so so it actually goes back to um a, what's a black swan and uh, that was um, a very famous uh, economic professor Nassim Taleb wrote a book called the black swan and that is an unpredictable event that is catastrophic and of course, in your business plan, you know, so if you're a restaurateur and uh, you were looking at putting in a restaurant in um, New York, um, you would not have incorporated in a 9-11 and what it would do as your one of your threats, right? Because you just can't predict that. That's a black swan. Well, gray swan is a predictable mm-hmm. event that is catastrophic. And we, we have a bunch of them. Um, sitting sitting right there that we know will happen or can happen, the high probability of them happening, and they will be catastrophic. And they, they um, basically will either shut down our electric grid or shut down our supply chain. Let's talk about a couple of them. Obviously, I think the event that's most most relatable to people because we just experienced something like this is some sort of deadly pandemic and the associated Mm -hmm. lockdowns that might come with that is the pandemic or a future pandemic still a a gray swan event and what's the likelihood that we see another major pandemic along the lines of a covid well well there's there's a couple parts to that but yes uh, i mean if it was a serious um a real killer pandemic like uh, um like the cursed um, um black plague where um, you know, you you have probably a thirty percent to fifty percent chance of dying um, if you catch it. So, so you know, you're just not going to go to the food store, and you're not going to go to the airlines. And, you know, you're just going to lock yourself in um, and and uh, try to wait it out. So we know. Th- a couple of things. We know that some of our enemies have um, their military have created something that could do that. So uh, if we get into a, a serious uh, uh, confrontation with an enemy, they could release a pandemic on us. 
Um, and we also know that, um, you know, every uh, so often, a couple hundred years, that uh, nature uh, does it also. Um, now, it also can get complicated um, because some of the ancient uh, diseases that our grandparents um, handled, uh, we now uh, solve with antibiotics. And 80% of our um, pharmaceutical components come from China. And if we get into a fight with China, that supply will stop. And then then these ancient diseases will mm. come back, of mm. which we eradicated. Actually, most people don't know that the Black Plague, the bubonic plague, is in America already. It's been here for you know about 50 years, but it's kept in check with anti- antibiotics. So um, it sounds like the likelihood of a pandemic is, I don't know, it's pretty realistic. It is. Uh, one of the issues that we've explored a lot on this program is the idea of an electromagnetic pulse, either naturally yes. occurring or so, a result of a hostile actor, either a hostile government like a North Korea or even maybe some sort of a terrorist group. Uh, the Correct. people that try to downplay the possibility of an EMP, they compare it to something that a James Bond villain might concoct. Where do you see uh, the likelihood of an EMP attack on the on the electric grid in the United States, for instance? Okay, again, there's uh, uh, mainly two parts. One is that uh, the sun itself uh, can send off a coronal mass ejection, which turns into an EMP, and that um, this is guaranteed to happen. The sun, it will happen. It's overdue. We simply don't know when. Um, you know, it's not going to be tomorrow, but it could be uh, within our lifetimes. And the real issue is that our electric grid is not hardened, which means uh, basically that it, it it isn't protected with high-end surge protectors. So we will get an EMP from the sun. Now, now we do know that the sun is in a 400-year cycle uh, and an 11-year cycle. And let's see, the 11-year cycle starts to peak next year um, in sunspots. And the 400-year cycle, there's still a little bit of debate about whether we get it in um, uh, 11 years or uh, uh, 20 years. Um, The scientists are kind of arguing over, but it will come. So why is it that we haven't spent, uh, you know, $10 billion to put on surge protectors on our our, uh, our uh, transformers. And then the other one is, yes, if um, any rogue state with a um, with the ability to set off a nuclear weapon in the high atmosphere um, can trigger it that way also. And of course, you know, that might be maybe 10 different players on, on Earth right now. So, so, you know, getting in... Uh, um, uh, how would you say, uh, uh, a slapping fight with the Russians or the Chinese is not a very wise idea because we're the people who live in the glass house. Right. Well, that's, that's such a good point. And I was just going to ask you about the, say, let's, you mentioned the Russia situation. Let's talk about that. My great concern 
in continuing to supply weapons to Ukraine, for instance, and funding is that it could lead to World War Three or some sort of a, a nuclear incident, probably accidental, where you have the two great nuclear powers in the world right now lobbing nuclear weapons at one another. Is my fear totally unfounded? No, unfortunately, it's one of, I think, our our biggest threats at the moment, Um, especially right now, because, um, let's see, uh, uh, the the NATO is uh, presently um, having its largest, the largest air uh, military drill in history right now on the Russian border. Um, more airplanes than ever before, and uh, and that started uh, when was it June the twelfth, and it's going to the twenty third, and they're letting Germany lead it. Okay, so Germany is the Luftwaffe. Now, come on, uh, anybody who knows history knows that the Russians are a little bit a little bit sensitive about German Luftwaffe. Um, <clears throat> so this is on the on, this is on the Russian border, and at the same time. The USS, um, um, I think it's the Gerald Ford, is parked in um, you know the fjords of Norway, uh, which which borders Russia. So we we have ninety military planes on an aircraft carrier that are only twenty minutes to the Russian border. The Russians know this, right? and and so they're they're saying stop it, stop. Stop interfering in our dispute with uh, Ukraine. Well, I mean, to me, that strikes me as very logical for all the reasons that you that you just stated. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with uh, J.C. Cole. Uh, J.C. Cole has a resume a mile long. And uh, J.C., explain to people what you're doing now in terms of I introduced you as a farmer. What are you doing with respect to farming right now? Well, one of the things I identified, I, I spent 18 years uh, in Eastern Europe, in Latvia, on the Russian border, and um, and experienced the collapse of the Soviet supply chain. So I came back to um, uh, New Jersey, where our family has a farm, and, um, and said, okay, we have to prepare because I think we're going to go to war. And then I realized how difficult it was. So I designed a system of how to create um, um, uh, numerous, I mean, like um, uh, a a million small farms because we don't have what's known as uh, food security. In other words, if our supply chain drops uh, for any reason, um, uh, the East Coast uh, doesn't have enough food to feed itself. The only solution is to create a certain amount of small farms around our uh, metropolitan areas or population centers. So I designed it. And basically, this is a farm of last resorts. If the if the you know what hits the fan, the people that buy into this are still going to be able to have food and survive. Um, well, that was to create the first ones, yes, and to, to create the um, uh, the profitability of it, that it gives um, specifically New Yorkers um, um, a, a location to get to, which we would call a safe haven, if, uh, if things get really bad. Because okay. New York is in a very difficult – New York City is in a very difficult position 
And um, if people it, are interested in learning more about that, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, they would just go to the website. Um, um, uh, it's called uh, www.ahfarms.org. And on there is an email address where they could contact me. And, um, you know, and uh, and then we could uh, communicate. You alluded to the supply chain. I, I think one of the things the lockdown did, and even after things started to open up again, we saw how vulnerable the sal- supply chain was to any number of things, whether we're talking toilet paper or eggs or one little thing goes wrong and everything seems to collapse like a, a house of cards. What do you see, uh, barring an EMP attack or um, some of the other things we've already discussed, including a pandemic, what do you see as the major threats to the supply chain and specifically the food supply in this country in coming years? Um, I would say, well, the first part is electricity, uh, because um, our grid, um, uh, there are nine major uh, uh, transformer stations, and um, even uh, was it Ted Koppel wrote an excellent book called Lights Out that described it. That if those nine uh, transformer stations get taken out, the entire grid drops, um, and then pretty much everything stops. Refrigeration stops, and 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 Frank, even worse is eighty-seven uh, percent of Americans are on municipal water systems that require electricity to work. And and if our electric grid goes out, that means that 87% of Americans don't have potable water. And that, that gives mm. you about, yeah. Um, for you guys in New York, that means you might have to drink out of the Hudson. Oh, geez. Well, that's, yeah. not, that's not something I'm terribly eager to do, that's for sure. And uh, just... <laughs> JC, we um, we saw what happened in Philadelphia with that I-95 collapse last week. Right. A lot of people are concerned that um, our infrastructure in general, our bridges, our highways are incredibly vulnerable. Are we going to see more things like that I-95 collapse in the future? Well, um, for, first, if it was just simply um, Murphy's Law. Um, you know, and of course, Murphy likes to pick on all of us. Um, you, you know, you'll you'll see one or two. But if it if it goes more than that, then it's indicating that we have a fifth column, um, which would be like a clandestine military trying to take out certain parts of our infrastructure. And if if you recall um, last time we spoke, there were something like a hundred food producers that suspiciously caught on fire or, you know, shut down or uh, went out of business in, in less than a year. So we're, we're, we're seeing the, the same thing with derailments on trains. You know, we're, we're seeing these numbers that are statistically off the charts. So let us, you know, be real, real clear. We're, we're uh, how, dancing with the devil and that um, we know our southern border is wide open and that we know that we're having a very large amount of military age men from China coming across. Um, so it, it, it's, it's looking quite bad for our situation. And this is, you know, this is the wake up call. This is the, the call to alarm that we have to we have to create food locally. So that if the system breaks, 
right? We still have local supply mm. and to get us through. Um, we also have to um, be prepared that if our electricity goes out, we're able to clean water so that we can just have drinking water um, and and get ready for a fight. And, and it looks like there's a major there's a major fight going on for for the. Um, the planet jc we're gonna have to end it there jc cole it is always somewhat depressing but always interesting talking with you Uh, yes yes um i hope to talk to you shortly um when maybe with better news (laughs) same here jc cole you want to comment on any portion of our conversation give me a call 1-800-848-9222 that's 800-848-9222 this is the other side of midnight straight ahead the other side of midnight